This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. I want to use your imagination just for a moment. Suppose one morning you get up and you turn on your television as you normally do early in the morning to get the news, and there's a very important news flash. The President of the United States is informing the American people that they need to take shelter in their homes or in their uh, wherever they might be because there's one of the nations that are the enemies of America that let it be known that they have missiles aimed at us ready to fire. What would be your first reaction? Well, the first thing I want to do is get all of my family together. And I would want to make sure that my family was as safe as they could possibly be. I'd want to protect them against enemy attack. That, that's what we want to talk about today. Making your home a fortress against enemy attack. I'm Billy Lambert. I'm the regular speaker on Getting to Know Your Bible. and We do appreciate your tuning in to watch today, especially if this may be the first time that you've ever seen Getting to Know Your Bible. Now today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course. We'd like for you to avail yourself of this opportunity to take the Bible course and in order that you might know more about it and know how to receive it, we're going to pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-711. I'm going to be reading now from the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, beginning in verse 26. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Satan wants you. Satan wants your family. Satan wants to destroy you. 
Satan wants to break up your family. And all of the missiles of hell are aimed at your family right now. That's the reason Paul said in verse 27, neither give place to the devil. There's some things that I'm going to assume right now as I speak to you. I'm going to assume that you are willing to accept God's plan for your life and for your family. I'm going to assume, assume that you want what is best for your family. I'm going to also assume that you want a happy home. I've yet to find a person who said that I would like to have the most miserable existence in my family that I could possibly have. I think we all want happy homes. I'm also assuming that you're willing to pay the price to protect your family against enemy attack. I'm going to also assume that, that you will fortify your family against enemy attack, that you will not let Satan have the opportunity to destroy your family. How can we fortify our homes today against our enemy? And Satan is our enemy from the very beginning of time for the first home in paradise in, in the book of Genesis to the present hour Satan is working over time to destroy our families, or destroy our homes. So how can we fortify our homes? Well, the first thing I would suggest to fortify our homes is that we ought to settle our differences quickly. Notice verse 26, Do not be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. We're going to have differences. That's inevitable. You find a family that says that they have never have had differences, it just makes you wonder, are they really living together? Are they really husband and wife? Because regardless of who we are, how good we may be, the, the, how wonderful our lives may be, sometimes there are differences. Why is that? Because no two people see everything alike. Another reason we have differences is sometimes one person in the family may feel like that someone else in the family has mistreated them. And sometimes there are differences because of, of tension in the family. And I assume that you want to ease the tension there might be in your family. And also, differences come because sometimes everyone wants to have it their own way. You know, Paul said, each of you looking not only his own things, but also on the things of others. We, we, we need to settle what differences we have quickly. So how will we settle our differences? We need to be willing to admit our wrong. We need to be mature enough. And sir, you need to be a man enough. And ma'am, you need to be a woman enough to admit it when you're wrong. You know, the Bible says, confess your faults one to another, pray you one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We need to be willing to admit it when we're wrong. You'll never settle your differences without that.
and you need to also act mature. There are too many people that lack like children in a family. You know, Paul wrote to the Ephesians in chapter 4, and in verse 14 he said, Be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. And I would say that if we, going to, must, we must settle our differences and we must settle them by acting like adults and not like little children. And then a third thing, we need to treat one another as Jesus would want us to treat one another. Jesus in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12 said, Whatsoever you would that men should do unto you, do you also unto them. Now, don't you really believe that you could fortify your home against the devil by him having his way and take, having a place in your home? If you, when you have differences, if you just settle those differences as quickly as possible, don't let those differences fester and become larger and larger and eventually cause the home to be destroyed. Settle your differences quickly. Now, here's a second suggestion in the fortification of our homes. Put skid chains on your tongue. Now, if you live up north, you know about skid chains. People in the south know very little about skid chains on your tires, and you do that, you have those because of the snow. I grew up in Middle Tennessee, and I know about skid chains, and I know about the need for them on your tires when it snows. We need to put them on our tongues. Listen to verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that is building up people, encouraging people, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Our tongues are so powerful. You know, James says, Be not many teachers, knowing that, you'll that those that are teachers will be judged more severely, that is, with greater condemnation. And, and the tongue is a little member but it boasts great things. You can do so much harm with the tongue. Solomon said the power of, of, of life and death is in the tongue, Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 21. So we need to guard our tongues. There's so much damage done with the tongues and it hurts people in the family. So, so here's a person that went out one day and, and they had been misusing their tongue. And someone came to them and said, I want you to take this pillow and I want you to open up the pillow and I want you to scatter all of the feathers inside that pillow out in the yard. And that seemed rather strange uh, request, but they, they, they did it. And, and after they scattered all the feathers out in the yard, said, now I want you to pick them all up, put them back inside the pillow. We said, I can't gather them up. Says, well, that's the way it is with the words that you speak. You, you can never bring them back. You may say them. You may try to retrieve them. You may try to correct some things that you have said that hurt other people, but you can never bring them back. That's the reason we need to be so careful with our tongues. That's why I say we need to put skid chains on our tongue. Sometimes we hurt people by, by gossiping about them or slandering their lives. You know, Moses told Israel, Thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among the people. We ought not to be those that are ta carrying tales. And we certainly ought not to be talking about those that are members of our own family. I would think that we would have greater love for our families than to talk about them. 
And as so much damage is done by people abusing the, 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 the language that they may speak, if they speak English or Spanish or whatever language they may speak, Italian, China, Chinese, whatever, Sometimes people take the name of God in vain and think nothing about it. Someone told me about them correcting an individual had been taking the name of God in vain. And, the, and you know what the person said? Well, everybody talks like that. They said, well, I don't want you talking like that around me and taking the name of my God in vain. And so we need to be careful how we talk with the family. If you do not want your children using vulgar language, if you don't want them to grow up and have a foul tongue, a foul mouth, then you need to guard your tongue around them. And well, sometimes we send out seeds of susp suspicion, and that's how we destroy characters. Uh, have you heard? Or I heard. You know, that's where you need to stop that person when they begin to talk to you like that and say, I don't want to hear what you have heard. We need to check our tongues. Psalms 39 and verse 1 is a very good prayer for us to pray. And there the, there the psalmist prayed that, that, he would put a, that he would guard his mouth, that he would guard his tongue, that he would not sin with his tongue. You see, if we want to fortify our homes against enemy attack, not, not, not only do we need to settle our differences, we need to watch what we say in the family. We need to watch our language in the home and how we talk to one another. Sometimes we say things to each other that we wouldn't dare say to another person. Are you, are you, are you speaking with kindness? I've observed sometimes people be so kind to, to strangers. But then when they get around their, their husband or get around their wife, get, get around their children, they get around their parents. They, they, they are so rude and so ugly and so harsh in the way they speak to them. We need to speak with kindness to one another. I want you to look with uh, verse 32. Be kind one to another. We need to talk with kindness. Let the law of kindness be in your tongue. Proverbs chapter 31 Verse 26, is that what you have in your tongue, the law of kindness? A man died, and his wife went to his coffin, and she put a lone rose on, on his chest. And someone said, that's the kindest thing she ever did for him. She had not been a very kind, understanding loving companion. Wouldn't it be sad that someone say that'd be the only, the, the kindest thing you ever did just to put a rose in your husband's hand or your wife's hand once they're dead? Now is the time to treat one another right in the home. Well, to fortify your home against enemy attack, let's make certain that we do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by wrongdoing in our lives. Look at verse 30. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Sin always grieves God. Back, back in the days of Noah, God saw the sin that was so prevalent in that day. And we're told in Genesis, the sixth chapter, in verse 6, that God was grieved. 
He was so grieved with the sin of the world that he said, the end of all flesh is come up before me. And God can still be grieved with sin. The Holy Spirit can be grieved with sin in our lives. And that is the reason that I would urge every individual that is married, every individual, every husband, every wife, to be faithful to the, your companion, to always be loyal and true to your companion. You know, in Proverbs, the fifth chapter, Solomon said to drink water out of your own cistern. Now, if you'll study the context of that passage, you, you, you will learn he's talking about you don't mess with somebody else's companion. You're to drink water out of your own cistern. I, I don't know why people will cheat on their companion. We call it cheating. God calls it sin. And it grieves God when you're not faithful to your companion. And it may be that I'm speaking to someone right now who's filled with so much guilt because you, you've cheated. You've sinned against your companion. You've sinned against God. Maybe there's some uh, young man that you knew when you were in high school and you met him one day and, and you all got to talking and, and one thing led to another and it wasn't long until you had sinned with him. Or the same could be true of a man. You, you met some young woman that you've known or maybe someone you work with. I have known that to happen so many times. Someone have someone they work with and then they get involved with them and then it causes problems in their homes. I couldn't tell you how many times I've had to counsel families where things of that sort have happened. But you see, we need to realize that when we do that, we sin against God and the Holy Spirit. I don't know why people do that. They say, well, you know, they're, they're middle-aged crazy. That's no excuse. You see, that is no excuse at all. All that is is excuse, but it's not acceptable with God. You say, well, they're trying to prove themselves. Well, there are other ways to go about doing that that will not break up a family. You know, David, uh, rather, uh, David knows all about being unfaithful. He took a man's wife away from him. He had the man killed. And God called it sin. And David repented of his sin because he grieved God. Young Joseph was in the land of Egypt and he's now in Pharaoh's house and Pharaoh's wife Day after day comes the young Joseph said, Come lie with me. I want to, I want to commit adultery. I want to, I want to sin. It'll be a sin against my husband, but he's not at home right now. You need to understand that. He's gone on a long journey. He won't be back for a while, Joseph. Joseph refused every advance the woman made toward him. And he said, I cannot do that and sin against my God. You see, if we want to fortify our homes today against the enemy attacked, we've got to be true to each other. And we do, do not want to grieve God with deliberate sin in our lives. Now, another thing we observe from this text is that to fortify our homes, we need to learn to so, show some kindness to one another. Look at verse 31 and verse 32. 
Let all bitterness. Oh, how many people have dealt with bitterness in their families? I've seen parents so bitter with their children because the children were not doing what they were supposed to do. I've seen husbands bitter with their wives, wives bitter with their husbands. They let all bitterness and clamor and anger and wrath and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind to one another. Be ye kind to one another. Are you kind? You see, kindness is the mark of a spiritually mature, spirit-filled Christian. And sometimes, as I mentioned earlier, we're kinder to other people than we are our own families. Husbands need to lead the way for kindness in the household. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's time for a husband to stand up and be counted, don't you think? Somebody says, now here you go, Brother Lambert, you're picking on the men. No, no, I'm not picking on the men. I'm one of you. And we need to show kindness to our wives. We need to treat them with kindness and courtesy and love and respect. I cringe at some of the descriptions men use in describing their wives. I heard a man refer to his wife one time as the old battle axe. How kind was that. If you want to fortify your home, you need to learn to be kind to one another. And then to fortify your home against enemy attack, you need to learn to forgive. Let's go back to verse 32. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted. Oh, there's a good word, tender-hearted. Forgiving one another. I had a woman tell me one time after we found her husband sitting in a bar with another woman, I, I, I found where he had, did not come home that night and I told her I'd look for him. I thought I knew where to find him because where we lived was a dry county and I knew the nearest bar right across the county line and sure enough there was his automobile. So I called her and told her, I said, I found him. She said, I'll be right there. And we went in, and he was sitting there with another woman. And they were both slobbering in their beer. And his wife said over and over again, I'll never forgive him. I'll never forgive him. I'll never forgive him. And I will have to say she made the old boy suffer for about six months. But finally she saw the need to forgive him. I think, I'm sure she's thankful she did because now her husband's dead. We need to learn to forgive one another. Well, how do we do that just like Jesus forgave us? Somebody says, well, I'll forgive you, but, but I'll not ever forget about it. 
That's not forgiveness. That's holding a grudge. And when Jesus forgives us, he doesn't remember it any longer. God even said that I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. That means he will treat us as though it never actually happened. But sometimes when we are hurt, it is so hard to forgive. But let's remember that, that we hurt God. But God says, I'm going to forgive you, and I'm not going to remember it any longer. And we need to learn to be forgiving one of another in the home. Jesus said, if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. See, we have to forgive that God might be willing to forgive us of our sins and our blunders in life. Jesus was a man of forgiveness. Th think about Jesus on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Think about Stephen being stoned to death, and he said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. In other words, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. You see, we need to be willing to forgive one another if we're going to fortify our homes and keep the devil out of our family. And in order that we might keep the Satan out, we need to give proper respect and place to God. Look at the very first verse of chapter 5. Be therefore followers of God as dear children. As followers of God as dear children. I want to talk to the fathers for a moment. And I want you as a father to listen to what one man said about his family. His name is Joshua. And in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, he said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In all the years that I have preaching, there's lots of observations that I've made. And the one observation that I've made about men in the church that so often they leave religion up to their wives. Sir, you need to be the leader at home. I want you to be a Christian father, a Christian mother. I believing on Jesus, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Jesus by being baptized into Christ. Let your sins be washed away in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd urge you to do that. Make your home a Christian home. We can save our families. I want to thank you for watching Getting to Know Your Bible today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, 
or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.